Hello, welcome to the Life of Growth and Peace podcast. I am Coach Gazi, or some of you know me as Jazz or Jazzy Jazz. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Life of Growth and Peace. Hello, if you are a returning subscriber or listener, welcome, welcome back. I missed you. I hope all is going well with you. If you're new here, hello, hello, how are you? Welcome. I thank you for taking the time to dwell with me and listen to my story. And my prayer is that in in turn, you will obtain a life of growth and peace in some way, shape, or form. I will go ahead and get right to it. (laughs) I want to talk to you guys about um, my Mother's Day grief. And the reason that I I mostly want to talk about it is because I know other people go through this and are experiencing this. I don't feel like people are talking about it. And I've been avoiding it for about two weeks now. (laughs) just like through the whole process of experiencing the emotions and expressing the emotions and then learning to be healed and how to walk after I endure the emotions. So that's kind of where I am concerning this. And I just really wanted to talk with you guys about it and just share my perspective and my experience in hopes that you may gain some insight or may be able to share or be a shoulder for someone one day, if not for someone you know already. And so um, I want to talk about my Mother's Day grief. And for me this year, Mother's Day was particularly hard. I've talked to you guys about how I lost my daughter's dad in August of last year. So this was my first Mother's Day without him. And um, it was, it's the anxiety, I want to say the anxiety towards it, the the overwhelmingness of it started maybe the week before Mother's Day or the week of Mother's Day. And um, it started that Monday. I went to work out and a lady asked me how old my kids were. And so if you know me, whenever somebody puts an S at the end of kids, I'm like, I have one. That's my automatic response. I have one, you know, and that's no shade or no disrespect to people with more children, but I only have one. And she was asking me how old my daughter was because there's a particular program at the, at the gym, but your children have to be five years old or younger. And so I was telling her like, oh, she's eight. And she's like, oh man, you know, you need to have another one. And my automatic response to you need to have another one was I already did, but it just didn't work out that way. That was Monday morning. And for about 30 minutes, I sat with that and it was triggering me. So I was praying internally like, you know, God, why is it a trigger? Why is it bothering me? Like, why do I feel some type of way? Like I was on the verge of hyperventilating. It it was a lot for me emotionally and I, I didn't understand why. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit, you know, in just the the calmness of me trying to figure it out was saying, you know, you did have a son and he's not here. And that's where your trigger is. That's the part that is bothering you because you did. And you're hurting about that because 
I can't speak for other women, but I know as a black woman, you just have to suck it up and keep pushing. You have to get through whatever it is. And even when you're feeling emotions or sadness or hurt or pain, you have to, you just have to bury it because there's other things that need to get done. And there are other things that you need to take care of. And there are other things that need to be handled. And there are other things that come up. And there are so many other things that the major thing that's troubling you, you aren't able to speak on. You aren't able to, to deal with those, that thing. You're not able to deal with that thing that is driving you the most crazy and so you just, you bury it, you push it to the side, you place it over there for a more opportune time to deal with it. And so in me navigating the loss of my son, I just, if it comes, I allow it a little bit of space, the emotions, the sadness, the overwhelm of it all. But I have to put it away for a more opportune time because I do have a daughter here that I need to give my attention to. And so... That was Monday. Um, Wednesday of the week of Mother's Day came, and I still hadn't gotten my card. And so, those of us who know Willie, um, you'll always get a card on your birthday, on a holiday, just <laughs> random sometimes. You know, you'll always get a card, and the card always comes early. He always sends it like, I hope it comes on the day of, but it always comes early. And Wednesday, I didn't have my card. And Thursday, I didn't have my card. And by the time Thursday got here, it hit me because um, this is the reason that I'm a mom. You know, well, part you know, he's part of the reason that I'm a mom and would have been a mom to two children. He's my children's father, you know. And it's the small thing of the Mother's Day card, of the thank you <laughs> for taking care of my child. You know, it's something about that small token of, of, of appreciation that matters the most. And so when the car didn't come on Wednesday and it didn't come on Thursday, and I recognized that I'll never, I'll never get another card again. Um, goodness. Um, when I recognized that I would never get another card again, it hurt my feelings. Because part of the reason that I am a mother is because I had help. <laughs> we all know how babies get made. It takes two people. <laughs> and <laughs> even if you're only one person, you still needed help. So it took two people. And so... The other person who partook in making me a parent is not here. And then I thought about, you know, after Mother's Day comes Father's Day. And we're still holding on to his Father's Day card that Cheyenne picked out last year because he was sick and he was back and forth between hospitals. So we didn't want to give him the card because we didn't want to get lost in transition. And so I, I live with that, you know, I live with that. And so, with the girl at the gym telling me to have more kids, and this year is the five-year anniversary. My son would have been five years old this year. That was the, was the, that was the, the cracking of the iceberg. The fact that I didn't get the card was like, 
the breaking of the iceberg. And then for me, the melting point was, um, well, his brother, his best friend, man, um, committed suicide a week before, maybe like 10 days before Willie's birthday. And this is the other person who always checked on us, reached out to us, you know, just to see how we're doing and, you know, how things are going and just checking on us. Literally, this man has a family of his own and he always took the time out to check on us and make sure that we are okay. And so in my Mother's Day grief, the melting point was that I would never get a phone call or a text message from man checking on me, saying Happy Mother's Day, and saying those things. So when I talk about my Mother's Day grief, it's grief from three different perspectives, three different situations, three different levels. And, you know, the grief of a child, some women have the children and then the children die. Some children die as they are being born. And I went through a process of losing my son over a three-day period. And so on that final day when he was born and I gave birth to a baby that didn't cry, that didn't make noise, that looked like flesh. Like when you you see your vessels, when you see the pictures in the in a doctor's office and it shows one with the skin and one with the flesh and the muscles and things like that that's what he looked like and he just smelled like blood like not like newborn baby blood but he just smelled like blood and so i'm grieving in that area because I delivered a child that I never got to take home and I never got to raise. And so when I tell people that I had a baby, I had another baby, right? And I always follow it with, yeah, I had a baby that I never got to bring home. Because that's my reality, that I had a baby that I never got to bring home. And it sucks. And it hurts. And especially when... Your your oldest child is asking for someone to play with, wants a friend, is bored, is lonely, and all of those things. And so I was grieving that situation. And on Monday, the girl brung it up. It was that thing that I put in the corner for a more opportune time. And this time, I couldn't put it away. It was right here in my face. I couldn't avoid it. I couldn't hide it. I couldn't walk away because every time I tried to walk away, when I came back, it was just right there waiting for me to handle the situation. And even when I recorded my last podcast, I was talking about how um, I had a memory box that they gave me um, when he was born. And I was... I think I was talking about the time that he was born and I just couldn't get the courage to get the memory box, you know, cause I just didn't want to deal with those feelings. I didn't want to deal with the feelings. And so Monday, Tuesday, the overwhelm 
of not dealing with those things was getting to me. And by the time Wednesday came and I didn't get a card, and when Thursday came and I realized I'll never get another Mother's Day card again, oh man, I was starting to break. And then Friday came and I realized that I'll never get another message, another, hey, how are you and the baby doing? I won't get another one of those. It hurt because, yes, I do have siblings, right? But there's something about when a person who loves someone that you're associated in turn loves and have respect for you, not only you but your child also, that they take the time out their day to reach out to check on you guys. Um, this is a grown man. And I'm happy for me, you know, not that he's gone, but I'm happy my last conversation was me reiterating how much I appreciated him and how much I loved him and how much I'm thankful that he's in my life because I didn't know this man. I wasn't going to trust this man. But Willie's like, hey, this is my brother. This is not just my friend. This is my brother. And you can trust this guy because in my head, I don't know what your, what your motives are. And so to speak, he proved himself. He did that he was a genuine, kind, loving individual. And he was clear on those things. And I appreciate that with all of my heart. I'm so grateful to have had experience someone outside of my family, someone outside of my particular circle, someone outside of the people that I, I knowingly associate with to come in and show love genuinely, you know, um, to just continue to remind me there are good people out there. There are people who love you without a motive, who aren't trying to get something from you, who just genuinely care. Just like I genuinely care about people, there are other people in the world who genuinely care. And it, and it, that hurt. And I didn't think that his death bothered me so much. I was sad that he was gone. Yes. I am sad that he is gone. Yes. I never knew how much of an impact he had on me until that Friday into Saturday before Mother's Day where I was like, don't have my son, don't have my kid's father, and man's not here to check on me and see how I'm doing this Mother's Day, to send me a message and just whatever. And so for me, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Friday came and your girl was just isolating back into that shell. I was, I was like drawing, drawing, drawing back because, woo, I'm a person who processes. And so when I can't process, I withdraw. So if I can't make it make sense to me, if I can't get an understanding, I back up. And so I'm learning not to do that. I'm learning to be okay with not understanding and not knowing. But it's still a process for me. It's still hard. It's still outside of my comfort zone. It's not what I'm used to. And so doing that was was really hard. But I had to because 
when Friday came, I hadn't talked to anybody about what I was feeling or going through. Um, I'm lying. I apologize. I talked to my sis on Monday about it. I think it might have been Monday or Wednesday. I'm not sure, honestly. Um, so I talked to my sis about it. And that's how I figured out what the issue is. Okay. <laughs> Here's the truth, you guys. Here's the truth. What happened was, on top of that situation happening Monday morning with the girl telling me that I needed more kids, Monday was very, I don't want to say chaotic, but it was a lot. A lot happened for me on Monday. You know, just due to my other obligations and things that needed to get done and things not being put in place accordingly. And so Monday was a lot for me, but I had to sit and I had to figure out what the underlying issue was. So on on Monday, I figured out the situation at the gym about the babies, that was a trigger. Knowing that Willie is gone and he's the reason that I I am a mother, that was a trigger. When Wednesday or Thursday came, not receiving my card was the breaking point. When Friday came and I realized I'm not going to get neither a card or a phone call or anything, that was the melting point. But if I hadn't sat down and allowed these emotions to have a place, if I didn't make space for them to come in and endure and have a place to be, then I wouldn't have known. I would have been sad and depressed, not knowing why I'm, why I'm sad and depressed. But what I had to do intentionally was to sit down and figure out why does it bother you that much? Why does it hurt that much? What is the issue? What is the root of the issue? But I had to, I had to seek the Lord. I had to seek the Lord to figure it out. I, I needed insight because it wasn't clear to me from my natural perspective. And so when Monday came at the gym and I'm praying and myself, Lord, why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel overwhelmed? Why is it this? And he, he brought it to my attention. You had a son. You brought a, you delivered a baby you never got to bring home. Your son would have been five years old. So I, I gave birth early. But he was supposed to be born around this time. I think like the end of April, the beginning of May. So that was supposed to be his 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 birthday. If I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong, to be honest. Five years ago. <gasps> Who knows? But um that was something that was already eating me because at the beginning of the year, because I had my son seven days after my birthday. And so on my birthday, when I turned 31, I said, my son is supposed to be five this year. And if he, and if he was still here, his birthday would have been seven days after my birthday. But if not, his birthday would have been around this time. And so that was something I never thought about though. Like the actual birth date, I didn't think it triggered me. I just thought his death date the delivered date, I thought that was my main source of hurt because I do feel a sadness each year. Like, it's not as overwhelming, but it's there. It's like a little, ooh, I had a baby this time, you know? And so, and so, 
that matters. The true date of when he was supposed to be born matters. And I only learned that by going internal and trying to figure it out. Now, that didn't make the rest of my day easy. It just gave me an awareness of what my trigger point was. But like I told you guys at the beginning, there was always something else. I had to put it to the side because there were other things I needed to deal with. There were other processes I had to handle. There were other situations that needed to be taken care of. And I had to handle those things. I didn't have the time to address, to address that. And so I placed it to the side and I dealt with everything else. So by the time Wednesday comes, it's that plus something else. And by the time Friday comes, it's those things plus, mind you, I'm still a mom. I still have life. I still have things to do. I still have a business to run. All of these things. But I'm telling you, that week, (laughs) oh man, I don't know. It was a lot. And so... I had to put my big girl pants on. And so Friday came. So I talked to my sister about it, but I didn't talk to anybody else about what I was feeling or what I was going through. And so Friday comes and I'm going to an event. And a friend of mine, she sent me a message and she said, walk into every room like God sent you there. And that just gave me confidence. It was early Friday morning. She sent me that message. And then, and then she was asking me like, you know, how are you? Is everything okay? And I told her yes and no, because things were, but they weren't. And I make it a point to always be honest about how I feel because of the stigma. you know, black women are always okay. You know, they, they don't break. They're not weak. When I'm weak, I, I speak on my weakness. If I don't have it, I don't have it. I don't pretend to be okay. If I'm not, and I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't pretend to be okay. And I'm, I'm never going to pretend to be okay again. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) I am okay with not being okay. And that's just how the cookie crumbles, you know? I I have to be okay with not being okay. And I have to admit when I'm not okay because that's one of the things. We don't want to say, I'm not doing okay, and I wasn't doing okay. And then what she said was, when you're ready to talk, I'm here, you know my number. And I said, I'll call you in a couple of hours. And I did, because <laughs> I usually don't. <laughs> Let me tell you, it takes me three to five business days to respond to a text message, okay? I usually, usually don't. But this time I did. And I just shared to her everything that I'm sharing with you guys um, because I was exploding. It was a lot. And, you know, one thing that she, she kept saying was that this isn't normal and... um she said a lot this wasn't normal this isn't normal this isn't normal but what is normal and I didn't say it but 
what is normal? What is okay? You know, and she was saying that at my age, I shouldn't be experiencing this on such a deep level and stuff like that. But this is life. This isn't the worst of my situations, but these are my current situations. This is where I am currently, but I can use it as a hindrance or stepping stone. I can either say, because of these things that happened to me, I'll never do X, Y, and Z. Or I can say, because of these things that happened to me, I'm going to use it as my fuel and my power to X, Y, Z. And I'm using it as my fuel and my power. See, this whole grief process, it's, it's a learning experience for me personally because I never had feelings. And <laughs> I talked to you guys and my sis can tell you that when she met me, I didn't so nonchalant. Literally, if nonchalant was a person, if I don't care was a person, if it don't matter was a person, that used to be me. And so now that I have these feelings and these emotions, even though sometimes they're overwhelming because I don't really know how to deal with them, I allow them to have a place. And I recognize that the power comes in allowing them to have a place because those feelings and those emotions don't have to stay there. They can be there momentarily, momentarily, just like a commercial, you know, just like a commercial, 30 seconds, 30 minutes, you know, three days. Okay. You got to go. And so what I didn't recognize is that even though I thought I was so emotionless and so cold that those feelings just manifested differently in my life. And so I became cold and numb and I used to. Not to people, but within myself, brag, I would never give somebody 100% of me because I never knew 100% of me, you know? You can't give what you don't have. And so that was a thing. I'll never, you know, and I'll be, and I would know too in a relationship, like mm, 78%, that's all you get from me. 80%, the max, my max percentage of self that I gave away to other people was 80%. I think there's one person I know who got 82, but I'd never given my full. But that other 20, 12 to 20%, 12 to 20s plus percent was locked in within my emotions because I hadn't tapped into that. I didn't know what to do with that. So I put it over there for a more opportune time. And so now... As I'm allowing emotions and feelings to have a place in my life, I recognize that they don't make me weak. When I started like crying, first of all, crying, crying still makes me cringe. Okay. Because why am I crying? I'm grown. Why am I crying? But (laughs) I recognize the release and the power that crying has to just allow that emotion a place. And now I can't even control it. Some days I just, the other day we were driving home from school and Cheyenne is like, mommy, why are you crying? And I'm like, I just had a really hard day and I tried to hold it together. (laughs) I did. Oh my gosh. After Mother's Day, that week after Mother's Day. (sighs) But 
neither here nor there. But um, yeah, so crying is not a weakness. I always thought once the tears fell, each tear that fell made me weaker and weaker and weaker. Seriously, I thought every tear that dropped, ooh, you're so weak. Ugh, how dare you be this weak? You know? I now know that there's power in the release of those emotions. There's power in expressing how you feel. I'm not saying be angry and go and punch people in the face or punch holes in walls or pour, pull doors off the hinges. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is acknowledging what you feel and how you're feeling, there's power in that. It doesn't make you weak. And I'm learning that every day. That the more I express myself, the more I share how I'm feeling, the stronger I am. It's Jersey, not California. <laughs> Swear I'm proud. I've been working out. <laughs> but yeah. And so, grief in that area with losing a child and acknowledging that there is hurt there and acknowledging that any significance of when he was going to be here, how I wish he was here, all of those things matter. When you have people in your life, friends in your life, who truly and genuinely care about you without strings attached, with without a preconceived notion, that's a blessing. And even though me and my daughter's dad weren't together, he was still a great friend to me. Because I now recognize that I will always tell him, I just want to bring, build our friendship foundation. Build our friendship foundation. And I'm happy that we did. Because, you know, there's nothing left unsaid. Literally, what I talk to you guys about, I talked to him about. Because that was my guy. That was my friend. And so, I can be at peace with his departure. Even his brother. His best friend. I'm at peace with his departure because... Nothing was left unsaid. And so even in how I felt, you know, and I would tell him all the time, like if I, if I pulled the message up, the last message to him, you guys will see, I told him, I didn't trust you when I, when I first, when you first reached out to me, I didn't trust you, but Willie told me to give you a chance. So I did. And I'm happy that I did because you're an amazing individual. And so I say all that to say grief isn't easy. It's a very hard process to endure and to go through. Um, there are the ups, there are the downs. There are the good days, there are the great days, and there are the days that are worst of all. But at the end of it all, you have to be accountable for how you feel and be honest in your feelings. If you're not okay, say you're not okay. If you are okay, be okay with that. Share it, you know. Our emotions matter. A lot of us were taught to put them away, put them on a back burner, that they can't exist here, that they have no place. But once you allow your emotions to have a place, there's a freedom that comes with that. So I ask you to just walk in your freedom. 
it's not going to be easy. It's taken me years to get to where I am today. Right here at this very moment, at this point in my life, it's taking years. But I wouldn't change the journey, to be honest. I'm thankful for the journey because um, I learned a lot about myself. You know, I like me. I've always liked myself. But as I evolve and grow and I shed those old layers and I walk into the newness of who I am, I like me even more. And it makes me even more proud of myself and my growth because of that experience. And so I pray that this helped you attain a life of growth and peace in some way, shape, or form. If you have any questions, any comments, you guys can send me an email at lifeofpeace2020 at gmail.com. My Instagram is at growthandpeace. And you guys just... I don't know, man. Just address those feelings that you feel. If you have emotions, say what those emotions are. Write it down in a journal. Let me show you. It doesn't have to be a big fancy journal. This is just, you know, one of my my newest. It's a spiral notebook, but this has been a journal. Like, regular notebooks have been journals. Many notebooks have been journals. This is one of my very first journals. It's, like, the size of my hand. I do have big hands, though. So this is this is one of my very first journals. Let me see. I'm going to give you a year. Uh-oh. I did write this backwards. <laughs> oh, sorry. I wrote in this backwards. 2017. I was... 2017 it's one of my first journals you have to do what's best for you and if that's if it's journaling I think I got this one from Walmart for like 50 cents if I'm not mistaken I think this one came in a set with like two or three I bought this years ago oh look Walmart I got this one from Walmart too you know <laughs> I got this from Walmart too <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there but um journal write it down it doesn't have to be anything big or fancy this one says look this is from December 21 2021 starting today I will journal as often as possible that was just doing a recap because I stopped journaling for so long Look, this one, December 8th. Today, stay, should I stay at home because her stomach hurt? Whatever you're feeling, whatever emotions, whatever prayers, I have prayers in here. And you know what the best part? Even like regular notes. The, the best, best, best part about journaling is the fact that days, weeks, or months later, you get to go when you come across that notebook while you're cleaning and you take a seat and you sit and you see where you were at the time. <sighs> That's my favorite thing to do. I have more. I don't want to pull out. I'm not going to pull out all of my notebooks. Okay. Get it together, Jazz. <laughs> but for New Year's, this year for New Year's, I just sat and I went through all of my notebooks. That's all I did.
this year for New Year's, what I did, I just sat and I went through all of my notebooks. Not, I think I did go through all of them. Like browse through, even if I read one or two pages, just to see. And so many of those notebooks, like two of them, for two years straight, my New Year's resolutions, I'm living in some of those New Year's resolutions now, today. And so I get to see where I was, the prayers that I prayed, the places that I went. One year, I went to a lot of business events, a lot of networking events. One year, I did a lot of concerts. Like 2019, I went to a couple concerts. You know, things like that. You get to sit and you get to reflect back and you have those memories and you have those times. So I always will be an advocate for journaling. Because even at a young age, that's how I express myself. One of my journals is from 2011. 11 or 12. I want to grab it so bad. <laughs> Just going to grab it. All right, let me see. Uh, it wouldn't be here, right? That's exactly what I get. All right, it's not there. Anyway, one of my journals is, I think it's 2011 when I decided that I was going to move away from New Jersey and move to North Carolina. I, I wrote it in a journal. I remember, and I always remember this is always significant to me, and I can quote it because I have it written down from 2011 because I was becoming a product of my environment. I was becoming like all the people I was around. And so I decided that it was time for me to go. And I have it written down. One of the one of the most major life choices I ever made. Because after I graduated high school, I was just going to work. I was working. And so I graduated high school and I started working. And I went to visit my mom in North Carolina. And it was just completely different. A different pace. The people were nice. And so... I went home, I visited her in April. By the time July, August came, July or August, I decided that it was what I was gonna do. In August, I started working and saving money so that I'll be able to move. And November 5th, November, I think November 1st of 2011, I moved to North Carolina. And I have that memory documented from when I, when I decided that I, or when I recognized who I was and what I was becoming, and when I made the conscious choice that I don't want to be like this, so I have to do what I have to do to be better. So I'm always going to be a journal advocate, even if it's today sucked. Tis my talk for today. Um, I thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for dwelling with me. I appreciate that you guys always take the time to listen to my podcast watch my videos, to support me, to motivate me, encourage me. And I hope that I can be all of those things for you guys as well. I pray that your day is absolutely amazing. I hope that something wonderful, something great happens to you today. And until we meet again, I'm Coach Gazi. Later, Gators.